0: Are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24 7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Steeler Nation, how we doing? Well, that's good. Me too. Our number two here on the Steelers Blitz. Wesley Euler with you, rocking and rolling. It's the final solo Thursday show of our regular season programming here on SNR. Mozi and I aren't going away. We're just rebranding, rescheduling a little bit for the offseason. If you've been in lockstep with us for a couple years, you know how this works. We uh, do not go away during the offseason. We just scale back a little bit. And we're not quite as time sensitive. So you come to expect us here live at noon on Steelers Nation Radio and Fox Sports Pittsburgh, you know, from about training camp in July till February. And then after that, you can still hear us here in the loop. You'll still hear us on SNR. Our shows just won't be live. Motz and I record them from home twice a week. So we still do shows twice a week throughout the offseason we'll you know we'll be talking about the super bowl we'll be talking about the combine the draft process free agency owners meetings all these different things that are happening here over the incoming weeks and months um, but we do the shows again kind of twice a week Tuesdays and Thursdays for the most part um, in the mornings on our own schedule and then everything immediately gets published on our podcast pages so make sure you're checking in wherever you get your podcast Steelers Blitz you can subscribe there. Again, you'll get everything, you know, 20, 30 minutes after we're done. Those, those are, are, are produced and uploaded and out to the, the various podcasting distribution platforms. So that's the easiest way to stay in lockstep. Uh, you will hear us here, too. Our shows will still be in the loop on SNR as well. So if you're somebody who just likes to throw on SNR on the Steelers app, on your iHeart app, uh, while you're at work, on your desktop, right, whatever it may be, Uh, That's fine, too. You'll still hear us in the loop and and on SNR. It just, again, won't be live at noon every single day uh, like we are throughout the season. Now, we are in the offseason. We are in the, as Arthur Motes would say, imports and exports portion of the NFL calendar, right? The coaching, moving, and shaking, and the shuffling of the chairs that is the coaching carousel around the National Football League. Well... All the vacancies, eight vacancies of NFL head coaches have been filled now. There is not a team that has a head coaching vacancy left in the National Football League now that Dan Quinn has been hired by the Commanders. The Seahawks off the board, the Commanders off the board, no head coaching jobs left, and I could be wrong, certainly, but I don't think that the Niners or the Chiefs are going to be looking for a new head coach either, although, albeit if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, Andy Reid retiring wouldn't be the most shocking thing ever, but I don't think any of us are expecting that either. Still feels like Big Red has a couple more years left in him, a little bit more uh, tread on those tires for Andy Reid. So there's some big names that were mentioned in a lot of circles for head coaching jobs that didn't end up getting one, right? Right? Bill Belichick was one of those guys, right? A lot of talk about him. Could he be on his way to Atlanta? Could he be on his way to Washington? That cycle has spun around, and Bill Belichick is still not a head coach. Pete Carroll, right? He's doing the uh, taking the advisory role with Seattle, and some people thought that was legitimate. Some people thought he might still be interested in another head coaching gig if somebody tried. To, to pluck him away, right? Anthony Weaver, Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson, people like Eric Enemy as well, too, who have been in these conversations for a couple weeks. There's one name that's out there, familiar to me, familiar to you, familiar to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who did not land a job. And listen, I should preface that too by saying we don't No, even if he wants one. Maybe he wants to take a year and reassess. Maybe he wants to take a year and make way too much money doing TV or something like that while he waits for the right job to open. But one guy who is still currently unemployed as a coach in the National Football League or in high-level collegiate football or anything like that, right, is, of course, Mike Vrabel. That's who I am hinting about here. That's who I am alluding to. Former Steelers linebacker, most recently the head coach of the Tennessee Titans a kind of badass defensive personality that I think would fit in very well here in the black and gold. What's the one move I would be trying to make right now if I were the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'd be trying to get Mike Vrabel here somehow. Whatever you want to call it. Senior defensive assistant. Pass rush specialist. Front seven specialist. Specialist. Senior defensive yinzer mind. I I don't care. I would be trying to get Mike Vrabel here. I'd be trying to do a similar thing that the Steelers did with Brian Flores a couple years ago. Different situation, right? But same church, different pew. Fired head coach who has a specialty on the defensive side of the football, particularly with a defensive front. I said this, what, a week or two ago when Motz and I discussed the extension of Terrell Austin, as Steelers' defensive coordinator. I talked about how, man, I I take my hat off, tip your hat, right, or do the Heinz Ward and take your hat off and give it to him. To Terrell Austin and what he was able to do with that secondary in the face of all the injuries and all the suspensions that they had this season, particularly down the stretch. I mean, with Minka out, with Keanu Neal out, with DeMonte Casey out, Tristan Thompson injured, Elijah Riley injured. You got to go and get Eric Rowe off the street. I mean, you got to move Patrick Peterson to a position he's never played before. And they still did a dang good job. Much better than any of us thought was realistically possible. Terrell Austin, to use a, uh, a young person term, he cooked on the back end with that defense this year. And in fact, I think he has in large part during his time in Pittsburgh. But I think kind of the cheat code when you're building staffs nowadays is to have one mastermind who's a secondary guy and another mastermind who's a defensive front guy. Now, again, this doesn't mean that I think Terrell Austin doesn't know how to coach linebackers and defensive linemen. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is a guy like Mike Vrabel is available, and as we've discussed many times... There ain't no salary cap on. There ain't no cap on how many coaches you can have on your staff. You can add a guy like Mike Vrabel. He doesn't have to be the defensive coordinator. You already got one in Terrell Austin. He doesn't have to be the linebackers coach. You already got one in Aaron Curry. He doesn't have to coach your defensive line. That's what Carl Dunbar is there for. But he can be a senior defensive assistant. He can help everybody. He can really focus on that defensive front while Terrell Austin really cooks on the back end of the secondary, like we know he can. That, to me, is kind of the cheat code. You know, and you could say, to be fair, a similar thing about Eric Bienemy on the offensive side of the football. I just don't know how well Bienemy's philosophies mesh with Arthur Smith's philosophies, if that makes sense. A, a zone-run concept against what Bienemy likes to do through the air. And I also think enemy probably is still angling for a higher job. And maybe Mike Vrabel is too. Or maybe he's in the same kind of, you know what, I could take a year off. I could make a lot of money doing some TV somewhere or something like that. You don't know what's in any of these guys' minds. But again, if I had the power to be making decisions, then I wouldn't do it in an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice for whatever reason. That was, I'd be trying to get on the phone with Mike Vrabel. I'd be trying to talk to Mike Vrabel. And I'd say, hey, Mike, senior defensive assistant, Senior defensive analyst, what title do you want? Let's get you here for a year. And you know what? Much like Brian Flores, we know we're probably going to lose you to a bigger time job after a season, but I think you can really have an impact. At the linebacker position with some of these young guys on the defensive front, work under Terrell Austin, work with Aaron Curry, work with Carl Dunbar, let's add another stud mind to the defensive side of things here. That's what I'd be doing. And again, maybe teams have already had, maybe Steelers have already had, maybe these have already took place, and 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 Vrabes just, he wants some time. And we know a lot of times that's how it is with coaches, right? It, it, it's not unprecedented at all for coaches to want to take a year off uh, after getting fired from a job or let go from a job or not renewed from a job or whatever the case may be. Well, Russell makes a good point here. I bet Vrabel is on the radar for Ravens' next defensive coordinator, so we better get him hired while we can. Man, that's a, that. dang, Russell, I don't like that. I didn't think about that, but the Ravens do now have an opening at defensive coordinator. Speaking of that, Seattle Seahawks head coaching vacancy getting filled. Now, if you're offering Vrabel a defensive assistant position and the Ravens are offering him defensive coordinator, well, it probably won't matter much anyways, right? But He is at least someone that I would be trying to talk to. And I would say, hey, you know, you see what we did with Brian Flores? He got fired. He came here for a year. He worked with our linebackers. He went and got a a defensive coordinator job a year later. We can do that for you. You come here for a year. After one season, you'll have some offers to go be a D.C. or maybe even go be a head coach again somewhere. Ricky tweets, we owe Vrabel that much. He got us in the playoffs this past season. I love what you are putting down, Wes. Ricky's picking up what I'm putting down. And yes, Vrabes did, along with that Titans team. shout at Ryan Tannehill for getting the Steelers into the playoffs this past season. I really don't want to see I really don't want to see Mike Vrabel as a Baltimore Raven. Not in that purple. Come on. Come on. All right, we got to get to break here. Our buddy Brian Backo will join us on the other side. I want to talk to Backo about all these coaching things. Vrabel, Arthur Smith, all that. We'll get into it. Maybe some senior bowl and some prospect talk as well too with our buddy Brian Backo as we catch up with the Batman, our good friend of the show, for the final time in this regular season programming. We'll talk to Mr. Backo on the other side. More of your tweets here in hour number two. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Our buddy Brian Backo is on the phone lines, and, you know, it is February 1st today, and Mr. Backo had reached out to me about potentially playing a famous Bone Thugs and Harmony song here about the first of the month to bring him in, as you all know. Unfortunately, we cannot play licensed music here. You know, we used to bring Brian into Mr. Big Shot, you know, back in the Antonio Brown era. So back, I don't know. I went into our system of unlicensed music here and I put in Bone Thugs type beat. And this was uh, this was one of the one of the things that came up here. I don't know how you feel about it. It's all right.
0: Is this AI generated or what? no? So it's <laughs> you know
1: it's all like it's this program called Alpha Libraries, and it's basically for people who do production and radio and content stuff and need music but can't use licensed music. So
0: right, there's
1: right. there's like thousands. of I'm just of talking different... about
0: why they were able to determine oh that this, this is the... being a Bone Thugs and Harmony adjacent sound. Um, so the
1: Bone Thugs and Harmony yeah. type tags are mid tempo R and B, hip hop, and mellow. Okay.
0: I mean, yeah, I guess. Those are all pretty broad and vague, but, you know, computer learning can only do so
1: much. Ain't that the truth. All right, Mr. Backo, let's get right into it here. Let's kind of, I I guess, maybe chronological order of things from the past week that I want to discuss with you. Uh, Arthur Smith being at the top of the list, obviously. I know it's been a couple days now, so you've had some time to marinate on this and think about this, but Give me that reaction just when the news broke that it would be Arthur Smith as the Steelers' next offensive coordinator kind of your overarching 30,000 foot view before we get into some specifics.
0: My reaction is more encouraged now than when it first came out. Obviously I've spent the better part of the last couple of days you know researching Arthur Smith both the, you know, a, a lot of his, you know, personal background even more so than the on-field stuff because I think the on-field stuff is going to largely be predicated on what he feels like he has to work with here with the Steelers. And there's still a lot we don't necessarily know about who's going to be at quarterback. What, How do they fill out uh, the rest of the receiver room? Uh, O-line, what's going to take shape? I know you're driving the Zach Frazier train, so you might have a rookie center in there. But uh, just, you know, looking into the guy's history and all the smart, accomplished football people who vouch for him, um, I, I'm liking this move more than I did right off the rip. I still think it would have made sense for the Steelers to turn over some more stones in this search, hmm. but maybe there was, was more momentum for Arthur Smith interviewing with other teams behind the scenes that didn't leak out uh, that, that might've uh, you know, forced their hand to go ahead and sign him now.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly there is always a lot of those inner workings going on behind the scenes. And you, you usually hear about it though. And I
0: didn't hear, much other than, uh, I think it was the Athletics, Diana Rossini, yes. at one point early in the cycle said, what, like eight teams had expressed interest in Arthur Smith, um, so hey, expressing interest is sort of a vague way to put it, but uh yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they did feel like they had to go ahead and decide on this soon, rather than risk losing the guy that they wanted the most.
1: Mr. Backo, uh, one of the things that I've, you know, you and I are have been around the team, involved in, you know, Steelers circles, you an actual journalist and reporter, me more on the, you know, the gas bag radio side of things uh, for a while now. And one thing that I've come to believe is that when Mr. Rooney lays something out in his end of season uh, meeting with the media, some of the stuff that he does on Steelers.com, you should better you, you better listen because it usually doesn't take them long to act on a lot of that stuff or the kind of the tea leaves are there in front of you. Like he spent back to back off seasons talking about the run game and how it needed to improve. They went out and drafted Najee Harris in the first round. They, they brought Broderick, Broderick Jones in the first round completely revamped the offensive line through free agency over those two off seasons. This offseason, when he's asked about offensive coordinator position, he talks about someone who can work with what we have, building upon our strengths, and the first thing he mentions is the run game. When you consider the Arthur Smith hire through that context, it does make a lot of sense, right? There are some similarities there. You know, I keep using same church, different pew, from his time in Tennessee, uh, with their quarterback situation, with what they had going in their run game. From a practicality you know, just a, a fit standpoint, it it does seem like there's a lot there that makes sense.
0: For sure. All the way down to the hulking Alabama running back (laughs) uh, can, can stiff arm defenders into the shadow realm with ease. So, yeah, I mean, you, you do appreciate the fit there and understand where the Steelers are are coming from on that front, you know, maybe one area where it'll be curious uh, how they operate as a tight end because, I think right now we've we've all sort of looked at it right as a depth chart of Pat Fryermuth and then Darnell Washington and Connor Hayward are sort of part time players you know not bad but also far from traditional tight ends you you sort of need to de- de- deploy them uh, in interesting ways to get the most out of their skill sets hmm. and Arthur Smith's offenses have used sort of more to traditional tight ends I think for the most part uh, you know he wants to like to run a lot of twelve personnel or at least he did in in tennessee so you know i'll, I'll be curious to see if that a, uh, affects or impacts how the steelers view that particular position group but yeah you're, you're gonna see uh the running game continue to be a, a focal point i think um you know going back to what you asked me on the first uh part of this segment you know can you make an argument that the steelers need to start opening their minds to something other than how they've been built and what their strengths are mm-hmm. on offense. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people did want to see that in terms of interviewing people from the, you know, drop back skin, the field Sean today <laughs> offense that has worked so well sure. for Matthew Stafford sure. or the, or the, you know, play action, uh, detailed highly schemed wide receivers running free Kyle Shanahan offense. You know, it's, it's, this was a, yet another coordinator hiring it. I don't want to say this was more of the same because, I believe, Wes. This is. I think this is the first coordinator ever hired by Mike Tomlin who's younger than him. So they went uh, in a little bit of a different direction, Interesting. as far as that goes. But it's a young head coach with ex- uh, former head coach with experience in Arthur Smith already to this point in his NFL career. They didn't go to the internal ranks again, obviously, which they had done with Randy right, right. Feeder and and Matt Canada. Um, both of those guys who had never been elevated to uh, a role above position coach in the NFL. Um, So, I mean, this is – it's different in all those veins, but it's maybe not different enough for some. Uh, Time will tell if if they made, you know, the right call here and if – or if they sort of overlooked one of the next great play callers from those, uh, even as Art Rooney II put it, highly successful offensive systems.
1: Couldn't have said it any better, partner. I'm completely with you. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a good summation of of all the different angles and and where they decided to go. And like you said, over the next couple of years, we will uh, start to see the answer to that play out. Do you think? Let me ask you this then. There's been a lot of talk. I mean, I floated the idea of, of you know trying to get a Mike Vrabel in house, similar to what you did with Brian Flores. I know a lot of people always every off season right now, Mister Bacco. It seems like we get the Eric Bieniemy question. Any chance they could bring this guy in? What's going on with Eric Bieniemy? Do you think the Steelers are done? Well, aside from some of the va- we know they need to add uh, an assistant to the secondary that's vacated, right? Quarterback coach uh, potentially, and what happens with Mike Sullivan. But aside from the actual positions currently on staff that need filled do you think that they're done hiring coaches or could we see them bring in a senior defensive analyst could we see them bring in a pass game coordinator to work with Arthur Smith do you think anything like that's on the table
0: I think it could be I think it should be for sure I mean you have to I know the Steelers never want to worry about the Joneses but you do have to up at at a certain point I mean you look at teams like the Ravens and the Chiefs, and they've got all sorts of different assistants with crazy titles. I don't know who thinks of some of these, but, uh, you know, their (laughs) coaching staff page when you go to their team website is long. It is long and it is thorough. So I I think it would behoove the Steelers to uh, get more minds in there. I I know too many cooks can can ruin a good meal, right? But, uh, and Mike Tomlin himself has said that when asked about staff size. He doesn't want there to be too many voices because, the message can get lost, but at a certain point when you're going on seven years of, of not advancing in the tournament and your, your team president himself says everybody's kind of had enough of this and getting a little impatient, then you know, there needs to be an acknowledgment that the traditional way that it works in philosophy might need a tweaking, not, not an overhaul. Yeah, yeah. I'm not suggesting What's the, that, I mean, it is it's, the, still...
1: it's the definition of insanity thing, right, that we all hear from the time that we're kids. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting.
0: Right. But you still got to, you know, have a conviction and belief in in how you operate to an extent. There's a reason why they've had, what is it, 19 consecutive uh, 500 or better seasons. Uh, Everybody always remembers the 17 because that lines (laughs) up with Mike Tomlin, but it it does also predate him. So, um, yeah, so there's something to be said for the Steelers way of, of doing things. But, you know, the game also evolves. The league evolves. Organizations evolve and how they operate. So I, I think this in, in, ripping off the band-aid of the Matt Canada mission failure, I think this is the perfect time to pick Arthur Smith's brain on some things of, Hey, what, what would you do if we kind of gave you another offensive assistant position that we haven't typically had for our offensive coordinator? Do you have some names in mind for uh, passing past game specialist or assistant wide receivers coach slash, um, you know, special you know, projects or whatever some of these titles are. Sure. So that, that's that's something that I think they should look into And as far as your idea of a, a Mike Vrabel, I mean, uh, I threw out the Brandon Staley idea last week when I was on yep. with you guys yep. I And mean, it, it. That is there is precedent for the Steelers doing that with Carol Austin and then Brian Flores. So I mean I think uh, you, you just want to have as good of a staff as possible. I know you can't have 20. Former NFL head coaches or coordinators uh, on your staff—that's also not realistic. It's—it's it's not monopoly money, but uh, <laughs> I think there's something to be said for trying to get new, different ideas uh, and reinvigorate the way you're doing things if if there is a staleness quotient to it all.
1: Now, I think you're absolutely. Again, I think you crush that. There's a balance between keeping up with the Joneses and sticking to your belief system, adapting to the future while still doing what is. You know, been the foundation of your success, uh, and that is obviously the the task that they are challenged with navigating here. Speaking of younger and things of that nature, the Baltimore Ravens just hired Zach Orr, or I should say, promoted Zach Orr to, as their defensive coordinator, Mister Backo. He was the linebackers yeah. coach with the team this past season. He's younger than you and I are. I mean, he was <laughs> bo- he was born the year after me and you. He's thirty one and is going to be the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. That's crazy what are we what are we what are we we doing with our lives
0: the league we're talking about zach or on (laughs) on the radio so you know the league it seems to be trending younger for sure you know arthur smith was hired to be a head coach at what 38 um so i mean he he was one of these sort of young up-and-comers as well and it's it's funny how three years of uh you know Taking some lumps and having some ups and downs can age a guy, <laughs> both uh, you know probably the way he feels and certainly the outside perception. So um, you know that that is a uh, that is a wild stat that you just unearthed there. And uh, we, you know we usually hear about the young whiz kids on the offensive side of the ball, but
1: yeah. man,
0: Zach Orr, talk about a guy! And you know we don't need to get too deep into the Ravens uh, machinations, but somebody who just like it's like a college rise the way he, I mean he was playing for them for a few years and then yep. just went almost right into uh, the, the scouting or coaching side of it and just shoop, right up through the uh, pipeline of, of John Harbaugh and company. So that is, uh, that's pretty interesting to, to see what he's going to do there as their new uh, defensive head coach, so to speak.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And suddenly I feel very old and unaccomplished, even though I'm only 32. All right, Mr. Bacco, before we let you go. Uh, but I kn- we
0: still have Cam Hayward, though. He's still on the Steelers, and he's still older yeah. than us yeah um, but you know so so in my you know humble opinion cam play as long as you want because i i won't be right. uh you know the older than the oldest player that i cover in the locker room because those <laughs> days are rapidly approaching me my
1: friend oh buddy it happens way too fast uh last one for you before i let you go i know it's still about 10 days away but do you have an inkling do you have a hunch about which way the super bowl is going to play out here in, in what 10 days or so
0: well, I did uh, predict with you and Mozi last week that we'd be seeing a lot of red. And I was proven correct on that, much to my chagrin. So, yeah, I mean, the nightmare matchup for me personally did happen. I, like I told you guys, I was sick of seeing the 49ers on the big stage and especially sick of seeing the Chiefs on the big stage. And I will, again, reiterate, has nothing to do with Taylor Swift or <laughs> any of that side of the conversation. It has everything to do with just seeing those same old, highly successful, very good at their job spaces, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. So, uh, But they're back, and I've, I've got the same feeling as I did when I talked to you guys, what, six days ago. I, I just have this feeling that they're going to keep getting it done. You know, Kelsey's going to be running free somehow down the middle of the field, even against that stout Niners defense. Mahomes is going to find him. I'll keep picking him until the wheels fall off. And you know, if you'd have picked them to win every Super Bowl that they've played in, you'd be what uh, two and one to this point. Yeah. So, um, you know, you'd be above you'd be above five hundred. And uh, if you were just picking them to make it there, you'd you'd be doing even better. So, I think you can. I'm I'm not going to be the contrarian in this one. I'm I'm going to just say the Chiefs find a way to get it done again.
1: I think you are correct. That's the way uh, that I am leaning to. And unless something changes drastically over the next ten days, although I'm, I guess
0: we're not—I guess I'm not the contrarian though, because they are—they uh, are the underdog. They are in
1: Vegas, plus two. Imagine um, that.
0: So not every—you know—by and large, the majority doesn't agree with me. But um, maybe it's because we live in an AFC city or something like that. I don't know. Um, I just can't uh, can't shake what i've seen these these last couple of weeks of uh not only the way they're playing but just the vibes when you watch the post games and uh it seems like everything's rolling for them right now they're a confident bunch and rock Purdy hasn't been in this spot you wonder sometimes about the tightness and what might happen when as mike Collin has put it when things get funny so you know how mahomes and them will respond
1: well, I know that Brock Purdy hasn't played quite in a in a Super Bowl, but you know, an environment like this—I mean, he did have to go to Morgantown a couple times in his collegiate career, so I'm sure he'll be ready for the bright lights and the biggest stage, Mister Backo. It's been a uh, fun season, as always. You know, we look forward to having you on here. It's always a fun segment. We will uh, continue to keep in touch with you throughout the off season, obviously, as we have you do. Uh, but thanks for another great year, partner, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, just let me know, and uh, you know. Brock Purdy, when he was playing in in Morgantown, there was actually probably more booze and criminal activity flowing in that game than there will be on the Vegas Strip a couple weeks from now. So, did you, uh, say, you can't be intimidated. Did by you that. say
1: booze or
0: booze? Um, alcohol, alcoholic beverages. So not like boo, not like uh, Boo City, activity. not like Boo
1: City, Pennsylvania.
0: No, not Boo City, PA. Um, but, you know, hopefully hopefully Arthur Smith doesn't have to deal with Boo City PA because uh, yeah, we know it wasn't not. easy for his predecessor, and we know that it wasn't easy for him at the tail end of things in Atlanta. But uh, everything I can tell, he seems to get it from that, that standpoint. He's a big this is what we signed up for kind of guy. So you like to hear that.
1: Always easy when we've got our buddy Brian Bacco in the fold. Thanks again, cousin. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk soon. All right, TOS. There's our guy. Brian Bacco, our day one here, our good friend of the show on the Steelers Blitz. And I tell you what, folks, it's been another good year. Appreciate the heck out of our guests, everybody that gives us their time. We are uh, pretty fortunate to have some fun friends around these parts. Going to take our last break, close down with your tweets on the other side, like we always do. I cannot believe the Ravens just hired a 31-year-old offensive coordinator who is a year younger than me. Wild. What am I doing with my life? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm getting your tweets next. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Final segment here, just a few minutes left on a Thursday final solo show here of the regular season as we move into our post-season. Well, then that kind of gets confusing. You get what I'm saying. Final week of your in-season programming here on SNR. Before we get to your tweets, I do just have to say, a couple of you last week, uh, Sensei, Cuban Dan, a couple others who I'm forgetting off the top of my head, and I apologize, but I give you credit as well. You told me, we had a conversation, we got a question on the show about what would the world actually be like if superheroes were real, and a bunch of you said to me, you gotta watch the TV show The Boys on Prime Video, that's that's what it's all about, it's that exact premise, folks, I'm hooked, I love it. It's been a week, I'm almost done with the second season already, I've been watching a couple episodes every night, I love it, I'm all in, Homelander is one of the all-time great villains and characters in superhero and, and TV shows, I mean, it's great. It's just fantastic, right? I mean, what's what's going on with Billy and Frenchie in the gang? What's going on with A Train's future? What's going on with the Deep? Uh, I just I, I I love it. It's it's absolutely fantastic. It really is. It's a great show. I love you guys for for putting me onto it. Like I said, I'm hooked. I'm almost done with the first season or the second season already, and it's only been a week. Um, So thank you. And I will, you know, at some point throughout our off-season programming here, I'll have to give you an update when I get caught up when I finish season three. Um, But great TV show, The Boys. And just had to give a quick shout-out to all of you who told me that I have to watch it. I have been. And I'm hooked, baby. All right, let's get into it here for the penultimate time. It's time to go to your tweets. The time is yours. Time's yours. Thank you, Big Red. All right, let's run through the tweets here. Let's start with Grinning Barrett, who says, Hey, Wes, I'm a Nashvilleian. My side hobby is watching the Oilers stink up the place. Uh, I see what you did there, the Oilers. You do not want Mike Vrabel anywhere near our beloved Steelers. He is nowhere worthy of that honor. Interesting, Grinning Barrett. You're the only person I've heard say that. Uh, The only thing I'll say is there's a big difference between being a head coach and a coordinator or a position coach in the NFL. Most head coaches fail in the NFL. There were eight vacancies for head coaching jobs this offseason alone. There's usually five, six, seven, eight uh, coaches fired every single year. I mean, that's a fourth of the league. A fourth or fifth of the league's head coaches get fired every season. It's tough. He had some success there, too. Took him to an AFC championship game. So, you are entitled to that opinion? Absolutely. I would just... Don't judge somebody... It's kind of the same Arthur Smith conversation. Dick LeBeau went 2-14, I think it was, his last year as a head coach. He's arguably the best defensive coordinator ever. It, it's really hard to be a successful coach in the National Football League. But that's interesting, Grin and Barrett. Um, you know, you are the first person that I that isn't in love with the idea, but I I like I certainly uh welcome your perspective and your opinion. Uh Santi seventy one tweets. Santee seventy one is this a, I'm not sure. Welcome to the party. Pal. Just to be safe. I understand your hype for your West Virginia center, but Jackson Powers Johnson is what the Steelers need to open up lanes for Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And then in terms of the inside linebacker conversation, Edrin Cooper would be perfect for the Steelers. Uh, Santee, I don't know if you missed it. I Again, Jackson Powers Johnson, I think, is the best center in this draft class. He's my C1, my 1C, however we're going to label it. But again, you take a center at pick 20 overall, he better be Marquise Pouncey. He better be all pro caliber, arguably the best in the league for a decade. He better come in right away. I mean, Pouncey was an all pro his rookie season and was already in the conversation for best center in the league. He was 18th overall. If you're going to take a center, In the top 20, which this pick would be for the Steelers, he better be damn good. That's it. That's the only reason. And I think you're going to have a lot of options there at pick 20. And I really like the depth in this year's center class. I would wait till the second round. Heck, maybe even the third round. But we'll have plenty of time to get into all of this uh, at length As the offseason rolls along, Jason tweets and says, you know, I love the show with you and Mozi. wanted to formally invite both of you out to Lancaster County for karaoke night as I host karaoke twice a week at, is it Boobs Brewery in Mount Joy? Now, Lancaster County, I'm assuming that is like Lancaster, Pennsylvania, because I've got family in Carlisle and I do love a good brewery. I do love a good karaoke night. Hey, look into that a little bit more there, Jason. I tell you what though, folks, you don't want you you bring me into karaoke night and it's over. I shut that thing down. I mean, you thought you think of the greatest front man of all time. You know, people like Freddie Mercury, people like Mick Jagger. That's me on karaoke night. I mean, you put me up there on the stage and it's over. I got the place captivated. I shut it down, baby. <laughs> Angry Bike Lane tweets us and says, only four hours of NFL live games left, that's one thing, but only a couple hours of Wesley Euler left, that's horrible news. (laughs) You guys crack me up. Listen, I I know it won't be the same as having us here with you every single day, but at the same time, we're still available. And you know what, Angry Bike Lane and anybody else that wants us on that gets upset that we leave throughout the offseason, write your local congressman or congresswoman and tell them you want Euler remotes year-round. Every single day. Now, there's a candidate you can get behind for 2024. Todd tweets, says what are us Yenzers gonna do between 10 a.m. and two PM without the locker room and the blitz. Sleep. Play video games. Oh well you get, yeah, you're actually doing stuff. You just need something to listen to. Uh, again, Todd, write your local congressman or your local congresswoman, write your senators and tell them you need Euler remotes. Year-round, 365. Todd also wants to know, what is a talent you discovered that you never learned but came easy for you almost like a past-life skill? Huh. I don't know. That's a good question. I'd have to think about that, but off the top of my head, um, I'm a pretty good cook, and I've never had any formal training, uh, never had any classes, anything like that. I just grew up with two parents who both loved to cook, and that's something that they passed on down to me. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd have to think about that one, Todd. But cooking was the first. Like, something I haven't had formal. Because, like, I could play a little guitar and piano, but I took lessons for that. I could play hockey, right? I can skate really well, but I, I practiced and took lessons for that growing up. Cooking might be the one. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe being a radio. No, I had. I had tr- you know what it was, Todd? being an obnoxious Mountaineer fan. How about that one? That's a skill from a past life. Jason tweets and says, if we pass on Jackson Powers Johnson, I think we still need to go offensive line in the first round. What would your pick be for that? I'm leading towards Mims and Latham. Yeah, uh, Mims and Latham, great tackles out of Georgia and uh, uh, Alabama, respectfully, right? Mims is the Georgia guy. Latham is the Bama guy. Both of those guys, I think, would be in play around that pick 20 if the Steelers do stay there and they want to go offensive line. I like both of those guys. You know, <laughs> add more Georgia Bulldogs to the fold, uh, add a second Georgia offensive lineman in the first round for back to back seasons. I also like Jordan Morgan, the tackle out of Arizona. Uh, potentially there in that range as well, too, if that's where they decide to go. Other than that, I mean, you know, someone like Joe Alt out of Notre Dame is going to be too rich for their blood. He's going to be a top five, top 10 pick. Olawu from Penn State, right? He's going to be a top 10, top 12, 13 pick. Uh, I don't think those guys are going to be there at pick 20. I don't know if they would consider trading up in the first round in back-to-back seasons, both for offensive tackles. I'm not saying it's not a possibility. They would just really have to have to love somebody to do that back-to-back years. But, yes, if they stay at pick 20 and they go offensive line in the first round, not a center, uh, I, I, I would think uh, Latham, Mims, and Morgan would probably be the three as we stand here today to keep an eye on. Big Ron tweets and says, As a West Virginia native and lifelong WVU fan, I'd love to see the best player from my favorite college team go to the Steelers. It is a need, and I think he will fit perfectly. Yeah, I mean, hey, this is my sixth season doing this show. I've never stumped for the Steelers getting a WVU guy before this. I will say, though, I don't want involved in this Pitt and Penn State contest that you all got with your alma mater's players, all right? Leave us out of this. You keep that a Pennsylvania thing. But Zach Frazier's, I'm telling you, people would fall in love with Zach Frazier. He's got those Western Pennsylvania-esque qualities. As, you know, someone who grew up 90 miles south of here in Fairmont. Blue-collar guy, hard-working guy, tough guy, lunch-pail-type guy. And just, oh, when I was giving my Big Zach uh, Frazier rant earlier, one thing that I forgot, this is a good story for you. WVU played Houston on a Thursday night down in Houston, okay? That's the game the Mountaineers, you might remember, because it was all over the news the next day. We lost on a Hail Mary on the final play of the game, right? Had Houston beat Twelve seconds left. We stopped. Uh, we thought the game was over. Houston throws a hail mary and beats us in heartbreaking fashion. The team then had to fly back from Houston to Morgantown, right? Not insane, but that's probably a, a, a two two and a half hour flight after a game in the evening. It's three four in the morning by the time you get home on Friday morning, right? Zach Frazier at eight a.m. was at the WV Children's Hospital that Friday. So a heartbreaking loss on Thursday night, has to get on a plane and travel back home, doesn't get home to his house till probably 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Heartbreaking loss, late night, plane flight, game, beat up, all that stuff. Four hours later, he's at WV Children's Hospital on Friday because he made a commitment earlier without realizing his schedule that he would be there. Didn't cancel, didn't bow out, didn't reschedule, got like three hours of sleep and got his butt up after a heartbreaking loss and got to the hospital to go spend some time with kids. Again, you got to do it on the football field, but check in all those boxes and and then some. Uh, all right, and see, now now you guys are chiming in with the boys' tweets. I love it here. Rod Dalla says, I got to check out Invincible on Amazon Prime when I get the chance. Cuban Dan says, after you're done with the boys, you got check to check out Black Summer on Netflix. Uh, also the next season of The Boys should be coming out this year. Well, that's good, because by next week, I'm going to be all caught up the way I'm rolling through these episodes, baby. I have a pension for getting hooked on good TV shows. Like, it's very easy for me to get hooked on good TV shows. And, folks, you've done it once again. That's going to be it for me today. I really... I had a lot of fun today. I hope you guys did, too. We've been having a lot of fun these shows uh, as we kind of wind down our regular season programming. One more to go tomorrow. And we're going to have it all on the table tomorrow with Mozi. We'll talk some news of the day. We'll talk some Steelers and some NFL stuff that's going on. We'll obviously give some Super Bowl thoughts as we're about a week away. But tomorrow, come correct with the tweets. Let's do it. Let's blow it out. Steelers tweets, NFL tweets, Super Bowl tweets, prop bet tweets, TV show tweets, food tweets, Senior Bowl tweets. Let's uh, let's do a real variety show tomorrow and have some fun on kind of our final in studio day for a couple months. Thanks to our buddy Brian Backo for joining me as always, and thanks to all the Yins, the power grid, the megawatts, the P ones, the fans of this show. Uh, you know I appreciate the H E double hockey sticks out of all of Yins guys and Gauss. Take care now. Bye-bye then. One more time to bring it on home tomorrow. As always, you know where to find us. It'll be at high noon on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Stellars Nation Radio.